Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur video and audio podcast. This is part two to the part one, which was weird business and life lessons from the possibly world's best five-year-old golfer. So in part one, we covered don't get used to things staying the same, link values to the job for inspiration. We covered always be ready to capture the magic. We covered make it fun. We covered be careful of your mood changing the event or situation. And here we go with the rest. So I'm going to cover routines create results, planning an environment, getting someone else to decide what you want them to do, having a plan but allowing freedom, and the balance of your projection versus allowing people to be themselves. So just before we go through those, say hi if you're live. Give me your name. Tell me where you're from. And uh, if you're listening in to the audio version of the podcast, hi, hope you're well from wherever you are in the 145 countries that we have, have subscribing to The Disruptive Entrepreneur. All right then, so routines create results. So I notice with Bobby, who's my five-year-old son, who's probably ranked the best five-year-old golfer, might be one of the best six-year-old golfers in the world. I notice that when he and we get out of practice, he and I become rusty. So much like you may go to the gym and then you haven't been for two weeks and then you go and you can't quite lift as much or you haven't quite got the aerobic capacity, then you get the C3PO arms because you're aching for a week. It's the same with me playing golf with Bobby and therefore business and whatever it is that you're looking to do, your enterprise. So it's better to be regular and consistent, even if it's not as prolific, than it is to be all in, then all out for a few weeks, then all in, then all out. And if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a disruptor, like you know many of us in the disruptive entrepreneurs community are, the, chat, the, the likelihood is that you're excited, you're motivated, you're inspired, you want to go for it, you're burning the candle at both ends, you know, you're prolific, you're a hustler, you're a grinder, you're a whatever else. And you, know, you can do 10 hours, 12 hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, 12 hours, 14 hours, 16 hours, and then you can burn out. And then you can get ill. And then you can get demotivated because it's not happening quick enough or whatever. And then you have this hiatus or this sort of spaz out or whatever. And then you take a, a, a few days or weeks off and then you're just completely out of the routine. And I've really been susceptible to that over the years. You know, I wanted to be a golf pro. I played county cricket. You know, I got um, pretty good at art. I set up as an art, art business. I did an architecture degree. I got a brown belt and one martial art, a black belt and another two. And it was almost like as soon as I'd done all the hard graft and got the consistency, I then gave up. I either, I either got injured because I was pushing it too hard in sparring or, you know, I got I, I had a bad moment or experience in sport. and thought, I'll oh, sod this. I'm going to give up and try something else. So, you know, they say slow and steady wins the race. So just be a little bit more consistent and create your routines and habits, whether it's the by the way, I have a lot of people who have their kids watching, so I want to apologise in advance or listening if I do the, drop the odd expletive, I don't mean to. So, you know, like maybe you compartmentalise your diary to do strategy twice a week 
in the morning at 7 a.m. till 8 a.m. It's only two hours a week, but if you do work on your strategy for two hours a week every week for the rest of your life, you're always constantly tweaking and moving in the right direction. And when you slightly veer off, you tweak back. And you know, you, you may have heard with um, you know, aircraft and their sort of their GPS tracking devices, 97% of the journey, they're slightly off course, but they're always tweaking back, tweaking back, tweaking back, tweaking back, tweaking back. You know, the wind's always moving them slightly off course or whatever. So that's how you wanna be, regular, consistent. Now, if you do your goals for the next one, three, five, and 10 years, once in like a 10 hour session in, in, in you know, in Fairford Forest at Centre Parks with the most beautiful scenery and you get inspired, you're gonna change the world, and then you don't read them again, well then of course you're gonna become rusty. And with Bobby, it doesn't really matter if we only putt for five or 10 minutes, we just did five rounds of nine putts. So he only did 45 putts this morning. But you know, his first round's a bit quick, his second round he starts to line it up, his third round he gets five or six in, his fourth round he gets eight or nine in. So little and often can often be as good as a lot and not very often. Now, of course, if you do like one minute every day, you don't have enough time to warm up. So you're balancing too little and often with too much, but inconsistently. So what was the, the, the I call it, called it routine creates results. And, um, you know, Bobby becomes a bit rusty and a bit resistant. Like we're all very much creatures of, ha of habit and it's easy to do something We've been doing for a long time. The momentum is going that way. You know, I think it's like 90% of the fuel of the rocket is burned in getting it off the ground the first few meters and the rest gets it to space and back. And so it is with your routines and habits. You know, your, your neurological pathways are ingrained when you've been doing it normally. So build that habit and then make sure you continue it and know that as soon as you go off the wagon, it is harder to get back on. So... You have been warned. So Wayne has asked, how do you juggle work and the target to become financially free? Well, Wayne, you compartmentalize your time. Let's say you have to do 50 hours a week and you've chosen to carry on doing that at work because that's your choice. You want to get your bills paid. Step one is you set. For years, people have been asking me where I buy my watches. Many of you may know I'm a watch collector. I'm a watch investor. And those as an asset class have done me very well in the last 15 years. I have never shared where I source my watches from or my watch dealer until now. My watch dealer used to be a professional footballer for Manchester United and he formed a watch brand called Broadwalk and he sources the higher end brands like Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe and Richard Mille. I trust him, I've used him for many years and recently we've done a partnership, hence I'm inviting you if you want to start investing in watches and protect your money from the banks and inflation to check out Broadwalk. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-L-K. And the website is broadwalkgroup.com. The email is sales at broadwalkgroup.com. And please don't share this, but his number is 07496 878153. Obviously, only message him if you're serious about buying and investing in the higher-end watches. People have been asking me for years, and for the first time ever, you can get access to my watch team. a timeline in the future that's realistic, optimistic, somewhere in the middle. So it might be 18 months, two years, three years. You know, you set the goal first, you put the flag in the ground. Then you create the plan, the workable plan, which, you know, can get you there with numbers and metrics and actions, which by the way, like the aircraft, 97% of the time it's off course. So you'll have to keep tweaking. And then if it's five hours a week or 10 hours a week that you can afford, whatever it is, you just make sure you do that consistently. 
You know, like I've been one for going to the gym loads for three months, four months, a year, and, and you know, getting in really good shape. And then a month out and your whole year is reset by just one month out. It's kind of really a bit unfair how it works, but that's how it works. So it's better, Wayne, to just have five or seven hours a week in your non-work business, whether it's property or Amazon or what, you know, whatever it is, but do it consistently, you know, like with agents. If you go and see 20 agents twice in a week and you just sort of open the door and then you don't see them for three weeks, you're forgotten. But, you know, better to see them consistently, you know, once every couple of weeks. Maintain five viewings a week, every week, instead of 15 a week, then none, then one, then 20, then four, then one. Do you see what I mean? So routine creates results and you and others you're leading and influencing will become rusty and resistant without that um, consistency. All right, then next we've got planning and environment. I'm seeing loads of new people join, so um, say hi, share your name and where you're from joining in, thanks a lot. So I noticed with Bobby that when we get the environment and the planning right at golf, he often plays better. So for example, when we're late and rushing around and we're hurrying him, he hurries his shots, he gets frustrated because we gets, get frustrated and that comes out in his golf. So, you know, we've made a, made a rule, which, you know, you've got to allow yourself to be imperfect as well. But you make your rule, which is, you know, we always arrive at the course 90 minutes before the round. So, you know, the planning is important. Having a bag, you know, like, and this sounds kind of like a bit technically detailed for me, but, you know, having a kit bag with the golf balls, with the right tees, with his hand warmers, you know, with the right gear, with three layers, with everything else, you know, having a bag fully prepared and in the back of the car ready. Because you know, isn't it so frustrating, annoying, when you always forget something that's important for the thing you're doing, so you plan a bag. In, they, t they teach you in survival, the three-day bag, having a bag where you've got like a water filter and you've got, I don't know, maybe condensed milk and you have this three-day bag. So if the world went to, I nearly swore there, if the world, if it was apocalypse, walking dead outside, you've got your three-day bag, off I go, I can survive for three days. And then the environment. So how can you make the environment conducive to what you're doing? So Bobby in, in his room next door, he's got um, a nine foot by six foot putting green that we built in. So, you know, like, I've not got time and Gemma's not gonna let me take him down the range, which is a mile down the road there. But we've, you know, he's got putting in his bedroom. He can fall out of his bed and he can putt. And, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunities I've had in my life to be able to afford to convert his room into a putting green. But that environment gives him, the, if, you know, if he wakes up in the middle of the night and he wants to have a putt. Also, you know, part of me choosing where I live, I mean, there's other reasons, but you go less than a mile that way and there's a great golf course with a driving range that stays open till nine. So, you know, when it's December, it's warmer and you've got light and he can practice. And some of the best golfers in England, if they want to become the best in the world, they move to America where it's warm all year and there's the best coaches and the best facilities. So getting yourself in the right environment for whatever it is you're doing. So if you're in property, going to property networking events, going to Angel's Den, going to PPNs, you know, being in the VIP community, getting yourself in the right environment and the planning of having all the things you need in the right environment, having the right equipment, that certainly helps no end. All right then, so what, what did I put in my notes to, to remind you of? So I put here, don't be at the whim of anything, control the outcome. Examples, indoor putting green, the driving range, the golf course, the putting green. So I've got a chipping area where you chip over my drive onto a big putting green in the front garden. So he can do chipping and putting if he wants. I've got a big tractor tire in the back garden, so because he loves chipping into that. So there's no way he's not playing golf. Yeah, all right, good. So the next one then is 
If I have to push Bobby to do something, he resists. Now, as a parent, you're balancing what you know is best for them with what they want to do with what you want them to do. And they're probably three different things. Now, Bobby loves golf, but he loves staying at home. He loves being with mummy. He loves playing with his toys. He loves watching Star Wars and everything else. And so, you know, if he's warm in here and it's cold out there, we know it's best for him to go and get some fresh air for an hour and not stay in the house all weekend, but he doesn't know that. And as soon as, Bobby, you've got to do this. Bobby, come on, blah, he resists, full on, meltdown, chucking everything, everywhere. But if I can encourage him to say that he wants to do it, if I can elegantly get him excited about wanting to do something, then he'll own it. So for example, when you're meeting with your staff, instead of telling them what to do, why don't you ask for their ideas on what you think they think you should do? Now, I was listening to Cialdini's new book, Persuasion, and he said that one of the most powerful words in getting people to share ideas with you is advice. So if you ask for their opinion, of course, they'll give it, but you know that they won't necessarily think you're fully listening. But if you ask them for their advice, all of a sudden they feel very valuable and they'll share a lot of things with you that can help you. You know, and, and their self, feeling of self-importance and value will increase. So if you humbleize yourself by um, asking people for advice, Bobby, how do you think we should play golf today? Bobby, where do you think we should play golf? Bobby, what kind of golf would you like to do today? Or your staff or your team, you know, what ideas do you think we should implement into our business? How should we sell this product or service idea? How should we create this um, product? How should we solve this problem? Then they come to you. Now, in your mind, you might be like, I know what I've got to do. But if you ask them what they should do and ask their advice, and then they bring out a few ideas and you go, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, we'll look into that. And then they say the thing you wanted him to do anyway. You go, oh, that's a great idea. I love it. Wow, genius. Let's do that one. Thanks for your advice. If you'd have just gone and told them what to do, they might have been a bit resistant. They don't see why they should do it or what's in it for them. As soon as they share it, do it, decide it, they own it. And then, of course, then it's much harder for them to go back on it. Another example you can do this is getting people to set deadlines for themselves. If you set them a deadline, they'll feel imposed. They'll feel that they're doing it for your outcome, if they set the deadline, and even maybe you say, yeah, okay, that's great, I'll give a couple of days on top, just to make it really easy, they own it. And, you know, and they'll, they'll have more commitment to getting it done because they'd be letting themselves down and their word down, their reputation. So just to sum that up then, getting them to decide. So if we go down the range, I'll say to Bobby, do you wanna go on the putting green? Do you wanna go in the range or do you wanna go on the buggy? Now, if I say, let's go on the buggy, he'll go, I wanna go on the range. Uh, you know, and, uh, I learned that a long time ago. So get them to own it. The next thing is have a plan, but stay free. So I was listening to a TED talk where it was a really great little talk on the difference between innovation and execution. And um, I can't remember who it was. I'll find out and share it with you in the disruptive entrepreneurs community. But the, the speaker said, your revenue in one year will about 70% come from execution, i.e. your day-to-day -day stuff and 30% from innovation, i.e. you know, new models, ideas, strategies, disruptions. But your three, five, and 10-year revenue, it will almost reverse in that 70% of your revenue will come from innovation and disruption, and only 30% from you know, execution of today. So that tells me you should create a plan, but you should be free to embrace the change. You know, just in the last week, Airbnb have changed some of their regulations and um, it, there's been new laws, uh, rules and regulations set in about letting agency fees in the property world. And that just happened in this last literally couple of weeks. 
So you've got to embrace innovation, change, disruption, which is the freedom, because you know you didn't put it in your plan if you're doing service accommodation, the Airbnb were going to change the rules. But if you don't have the plan, you're not moving in the direction. So with Bobby, the plan will be for him to play golf. What I have to be open to is, does he want to chip? Does he want to putt? And let him have a bit of freedom. And then as soon as he gets into something that he's doing a lot of, just let him run with it. And, um, you know, in the bunker, playing in the bunker, for example. And I used to kind of stop him playing in the bunker because he was messing about. But then I thought, well, if he plays in the bunker, he wants to play bunker shots. And yeah, so um, have a plan, but stay free. So with Bobby, I'll, I'll let him discover what he loves to do. So sometimes we'll go on the first, on the pitch and putt, and um, he'll hit a couple of balls and then he'll chip and it won't go in the hole, which of course he doesn't very often because he chips and chips in all the time. And then he'll just keep wanting to chip to chip in. Now, initially I'd be like, oh, we've got to play 18 holes on the pitch and putt. Come on, Bobby, we've got to go on to the next hole. But if there's none behind us, I might as well just let him keep chipping and he'll do 30 or 40 and, and you know, like, the great thing is he's teaching himself to never give up. And I remember when we did that, he chipped in four or five times in about 50 or 60 goes. Now, that's some, we're at the range, sorry, we're at the pitch and putt, might as well just you know, embrace what he wants to do because then he's going to love it more. Same with your staff, same with your vision, same with your mission, same with the products that you create. All right then, and then finally, the balance of your projection and allowing someone to be themselves. So people are looking to you for guidance, for vision, for inspiration. They're looking to be led. They're looking to be saved, supported. Your children need your guidance. They need rules. They need routines. And, you know, you're projecting what you think is right for them onto them and doing the best you can with what you know. And your partner, you know, your husband or wife is doing the same thing. And so in your business, you're projecting values and vision upon your team, but the managers are projecting their own. And if you've got a business partner, they're projecting their own. There's this whole myriad of everyone projecting their values and um, sort of embracing and resisting at any one time. And you should allow that to balance. You should have a clear vision, but have freedom to move around to get there and not be too rigid. You should allow things that aren't important, but you should put your foot down and have rules that people can't go out that are really important. You should save your fights and battles two or three a year for things you really believe in and not get in tiny little, you know, stupid battles. You know, like if I want Bobby to hit every club and I want him to do the five wood and he wants to do the nine iron, well, what does it really matter? And sometimes my sort of paternal instinct is coming in, like going, oh, you know, I'm your dad, you've got to listen to what I say. Yeah, sometimes, you know, you know what it's like with kids. It's like, they're right all the time. And no, I don't want to do this. No, I'm doing that. No, daddy, no, daddy. I want to do this. No, 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 no. And in the end, you just want to be right. But, you know, do you want to be right or do you want to raise great kids? Do you want to be right or do you want to be rich? So let go of all the small things. Let people win all these little small things. But they're really, then you build this goodwill and, and you build the, you know, the trust in you that when you make a big decision, people will back you on it. So that's balancing your projection of where you want people to go and allowing them freedom, autonomy, and to kind of move within the guidelines that you set. And I think raising a child and being with your partner and being with a business partner and running a business and building a property portfolio, you know, that's something holistic which can improve all areas. All right, so I hope you enjoyed this audio and video podcast. Finally, if you haven't already, just say hi, share your name and where you're from. If you're on listening to the audio of the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast, then come and join us in the Disruptive Entrepreneurs community. Ask me any questions in there. I've got to go and do another live feed video now for our elite trainers, so I do have to dash. 
And thanks for subscribing and being a disruptive entrepreneur and making a difference on the planet. Thank you for allowing me to do what I love. I'm very grateful to you. And I'm looking forward to a great future together. Remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.